Hey there, happy Sunday. I hope you're having a lovely Sunday. And uh, kickstarting this week on Karishma Connect is Himangi Dheer, founder of Botnil. Now, it's pretty much a green week on Karishma Connect. We're talking all about clean beauty, clean products, organic skincare, and even the next episode is pretty much in line with the same. So, enjoy. Uh, find out more about these products, they are absolutely amazing. Himangi's products are made out of pure natural ingredients and she tells me more about how she came up with the concept of having gender neutral skincare products that are organic and made out of such rich ingredients which she actually deep dives into so you also get to know what's behind those products in detail. And she talks to me about how she set up all of that. She also gives me marketplace tips, tips for young entrepreneurs and a whole lot more. So go check it out. And until the next one, stay tuned. This is Karishma. I'll be back every Sundays and Thursdays with a fresh episode for you. Thank you so much, Mangi, for joining me on this episode of Karishma Connect. It's a pleasure to come across your story. And I look forward to getting to know a lot about Bottle, especially because I am very much personally invested in... Uh, eco-friendly skincare and these kind of products, which is why I'm also looking forward to trying Botnil, which I will very soon. And I can't wait to unwrap all of this on this podcast. Thank you once again. Well, thank you so much, Karishma, for having me on here today. I'm really excited for you to review, try the products and give me your honest opinion on how you actually feel about them. Absolutely, will do. But before I do that, I would love to know about that journey. Tell me about the journey so far. How did you arrive where you are today? And what makes it special to be here? Um, we were just talking a few moments ago how everything is bred out of passion. Yeah. And I think that's how it kind of started for me as well. I was in a totally different field. You know, I was actually doing corporate finance. Um, I was working in America. Yeah, I was with um, a financial consulting company there. Okay. Moved back to India and then <clears throat> started working with my dad. And, you know, I was just like something that I didn't really enjoy. And then just at the onset of COVID, I was actually planning to get into a different line altogether, a different industry rather. Mm. And then this just started as uh, something that I just got curious about. And the next thing to know it, I had these chemistry books because we had so much of ample time on our hands that, you know, I was like, okay, what else can I make myself learn next? And it just started with like basic DIYs, huh. homemade uh, turmeric packs to uh, <laughs> full-fledged uh, formulations of like making moisturizers, serums, hmm. beauty products. And then the next thing you know it, I was formulating them for friends and family. And then they all had the same sort of idea that why don't you start this something as a full-time project and, you know, get an, an online D2C brand. So it took me almost about two years to kind of put it all together. And then uh, Botnil was born. That's a lovely journey, but I'm sure there would have been challenges, right? It wouldn't have been as easy as it sounds. And I say this because I know I have a homegrown brand right here at my home itself. And it takes yeah. a lot and it's a skincare brand as well. It takes a lot for us to develop that kind of uh, pull towards it, that kind of consumer. Consumers are so caught up in the usual brands that they use. It takes a while for them to gain awareness about these. How did you kind of navigate that? Um. So 
it is sort of because like this is a field where even if I I couldn't even imagine it in like um, my bestest dream ever that this was the field that I would actually choose to live out my entire career in but it just so happened that when you want something so bad that just like you try you give it your all and you figure out like from finding a manufacturer because I was already formulating but like because I'm in the cosmeceutical space I needed FDA approvals in order to uh, you know launch my brand in the market I yeah. couldn't just do it by curating pro products in my kitchen yeah so contacting them on Google asking friends family asking any and all contacts that I had like to sort of suggest me people and then, um, yeah, I just, it's like when you really want something, you'll figure out different ways yeah. to overcome any and every challenge that kind of comes in your way. And um, there you have it. And how did your previous experience help you in that journey? So um, I think that when I was doing consulting, financial consulting, it usually gave me a lot of exposure in talking to people. Uh, so I already knew how to kind of navigate that space and coming from a finance background, which is completely, totally dominated by men, mm. uh, the, uh, the tonality of how I voiced and, you know, the pushiness with what I sort of came forward with was uh, not the usual feminine sort. And this industry is, again, a lot more uh, dominated and led by females. Mm. So people were any which way willing to listen and you know they were like open and they're like yeah whatever you want like let us know your formulations what can we help you with what kind of sampling do you want to get done so it wasn't as hard as it was to navigate the financial industry yeah <laughs> for sure and then what's yeah. unique about Botnil? what have you made sure that remains your usp across so one of the biggest uh, gaps um, currently in the market is inclusivity, right? Mm -hmm. People, uh, specifically in India, this is something which is already upcoming in at the West, in the West, but uh, in the East and within India, people are not really focusing on, you know, when you hear of skincare, you think of beauty, you think of women, mm -hmm. but anyone who has skin needs skincare. Yes. So that means, yeah, men do too. So I have tried to pillar my brand on it being 100% gender neutral, uh, focusing on everyone. So closing the gap, offering them affordable prices. So my most expensive product is 799 rupees um, and the, it starts at 299. So I wanted to offer them but, sustainable, eco-friendly skincare with the right ingredients and make it as inclusive as possible. Which is a rarity to find, I must say, because most of the eco-friendly products, and I remember long back discussing this with somebody that who was also a sustainable brand owner, that it's very difficult when all the eco-friendly products are coming at a very high price. Consumers aren't yeah. going to, be able to afford it. So here's a brand. Exactly. Yeah, how do you promote sustainability without it being affordable, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, this is sustainable, but it's out of my reach. So then that just remains like an idea and concept, which is far-fetched. So I didn't want to kind of do that. I wanted to bring the right ingredients mm -hmm. rather than having, you know, 100 ingredients or only one ingredient per product. I wanted to give them a right mix of ingredients that the consumers could use. 
and make it as eco-friendly as possible for them at affordable prices. And tell me, what did what does sustainability mean to you over the years? What has it come to? What's your definition for sustainability? So, uh, sustainability isn't something that happens overnight, right? Like Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. Uh, so it is a practice that you have to, as hard as it sounds, right? So, like, it's uh, let's just talk about the basics of procuring raw material or the basics of like packaging, for instance. Yeah. Um, there are not many people who will supply you with, you know, eco-friendly, let's say, recyclable bottles mm. or you want to do glass that become makes the product more expensive or if you want to which is now the new thing which is developing at the moment is plastic made out of sugarcane mm. so these things are currently in uh, very nascent stages where you know people industries are working on them but um, very few people are actually bringing them out in the market yeah. so to understand that this is your vision and your value and you have to kind of stand by it so even if you roll out a product you know eight months later rather than three months later it's worth the wait because at least you'll be offering your customers you know a biodegradable ingredients so i choose to avoid ingredients which are non-biodegradable mm. so i will 100% biodegradable ingredients I go with as sustainable or recyclable packaging as possible, or if the pack packaging can be upcycled, yeah. you know, as like holders, uh, coin holders or something like that, or if they can re-send it back to me and I can put it back in my manufacturing process and get them refilled. Mm -hmm. um, so it's something which is that you have to uphold for many 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 years to come and with advancements in technology and you know processes it's something that you have to sort of uphold and just stand by as much as possible so it's definitely not something which is like oh just for three months i am now into sustainability right. so i'm launching just two products which are sustainable and rest everything is 100 percent plastic you know what i mean so yeah, it's just something that has to be a value, and if it's not a value instilled within the brand from day one, mm. um, it can't be something that you can do after. So you do believe it's something that needs to be prioritized right from the foundation. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just like learning your ABCs. Like I can't form sentences if I don't know the ABCs. Yeah, yeah, very true. And then you're also you're also operating in a very competitive market right now, right? Because you've got these homegrown brands coming out everywhere, especially in India. I know you're also in Dubai. There are so many that we see. So how do you kind of navigate that situation? How do you deal with competition in this kind of a space? So the industry in itself, and I think this is a very good question. And um, a few panels that have gone on, we've all spoken about this. Mm -hmm. Um, the industry in itself is saturated or it is really competitive, mm. but there is a lot of space to flourish in your niche. So, um, I can barely count 10, 12 brands who are in the eco-friendly gender neutral space, right? Yeah. So it's like, if that is a value that you want, this is the brand that you come to. Yeah. Um, so it's not really like clean beauty or clean skincare should be a non-negotiable. It shouldn't be an option anymore, which should be like, okay, do I want a chemical product or do I want a clean product? 
um so yeah in the clean space there are a lot of upcoming brands but for me i think that is like i shouldn't have to be like i if there are 100 brands all of them should be clean yeah now out of these 100 brands which one is offering me what i truly resonate with the most yeah so even though it's saturated but i think within the niche there is a lot of scope of growth because that's where the industry is moving towards and i feel like with the new uh gen z's Mm. they are like definitely you very demanding and very authentic like this is what we want being you know digital native so they're really sort of forming the way uh, different brands are now approaching to you know bring new products in the market but what's been your secret to finding that niche you know did you always know that it was supposed to be a gender neutral how did you arrive at that what's been what are some um, ways in which people could actually find that niche so um i think for me um i think it all started with before i got on to the diy stuff i was actually uh, so i told you before right so i was in the us uh, my skin was flawless mm. for whatever reason and i wasn't even a skincare uh, buff at that time i was just like a regular college student um and then went on and got a job there and like for, i don't know maybe it was lifestyle maybe i was walking a lot more and then i moved back to india i think the the pollution the environment the food you've got more masala and you know all of that right. stuff in it uh so it just kind of started giving me a lot of blemishes acne mm. so i started seeing all these doctors and it would work so i would apply these creams and everything would work but as soon as i stopped applying them all the issues just sort of came back to my face and i'm like okay what is it what is it that i'm doing which is totally completely wrong and i think that's where i kind of started reading about ingredients mm-hmm. and what made those specific ingredients special mm-hmm. and i think that's how i started realizing that this is the niche that i want to be in which is focusing on minimalism because that's what i wanted for myself yeah uh, so it all started with the idea of what i want for myself first and then see what's working around me and my dad is a is a skincare buff so if i'm applying something on my face he wants the same thing too so i was just like okay how can we have inclusivity wherein like it's not his and her it's ours together everyone in the family can use the same product yeah um so that's why i was like okay why can't we make it gender neutral and offer them the right ingredients that i would want my family to use yeah yeah i think i think uh, you you hold a very important point there right like knowing your own space before you get into the other person's space is very important i think it it allows you to find that usp or that niche very easily just looking around you and connecting with things that right. you can often be the secret tell me your three tips for better skin um so <laughs> have you heard the saying i think everyone has beauty inside and out yeah i think what they truly mean is if you're eating the right kind of things if you have a healthy diet and yeah. you have some sort of physical exercise and you are having water yeah um honestly that is the best skincare tip i can give you yeah. coming from a skincare brand for me uh, skincare is maintaining the healthy barrier by moisturizing on the surface but also if you're eating healthy and like you know you can fix your blemishes you can fix fine lines and wrinkles Hmm. using skincare but till the time your gut health isn't fine no matter what you apply topically it's going to keep on coming back 
mm. again and again and again very true yeah so yeah i think that's the best skin care tip i can give anyone <laughs> eat right stay fit and apply your creams <laughs> all what you eat i wrote an entire thesis on that and it's something i can yeah. resonate with <laughs> All right. I think you've given me the highlight tip there. Can you tell me something about your ingredients specifically, and why do you choose them? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I actually spend a lot of time just researching and reading about different ingredients. I think majority of my time goes there before I even begin uh, working on a formulation. Hmm. And I think one of the first ingredients that I wanted to bring about, which is now also uh, kind of popular, is bakuchiyo. it's actually a plant based uh, alternative for retinol okay so again um, in terms of uh, you know having a gap in the market uh, there are not a lot of products which are catered to sensitive skin so retinol actually really sort of acts up uh, if you have sensitive skin it gives you dry patches uh, a lot of people could also be allergic to it mm. so bakuchiyo is actually a very good alternative even for pregnant moms for new moms where like you can't use retinol right um because it gets absorbed into your blood stream whereas bakuchiyo you can use twice a day mm. it mimics the same chemical compound or chemical formula that uh, retinol would give you mm. so why not um use that instead yeah. of retinol yeah. any which way the results are uh, similar yeah. another very cool ingredient very unique ingredient that i use is prickly pear it's mm. actually a cactus Uh, so that has yeah very high uh, vitamin K in it. So okay. what that actually does is it helps and it's in one of my uh, creams which is specially formulated for your neck. Uh, yep. So we see first signs of uh, aging on your neck, you know, because we don't ever pay attention to our hands and our neck, and that's where the wrinkles, the sagging, sort of starts first. Mm -hmm. So prickly pear actually helps in uh, collagen production and uh, loss of elasticity. Mm. uh because of having uh, fatty acids mm. so those are my two very sort of special ingredients and and there's another one it's called bearberry extract okay so it's actually a natural version of arbutin okay so arbutin is known for uh skin brightening so bearberry does the exact same thing so i have it uh in a product which combats uh, hyperpigmentation hmm Mm. So a lot of people in India face, you know, dark spots, hyperpigmentation. The common issue. So it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what that's what was most interesting because even when I saw your uh, website, I saw these bunch of really different ingredients as opposed to what's being used usually, which is why I wanted to ask you very upfront about you know because you know best about what these ingredients are and what they do, but that's lovely. And then how do you adapt? to different skin types and to different cultural backgrounds as well because we are in a land of diversity does that at some point as a skincare brand and as a clean beauty brand does diversity come in mind during the manufacturing process as well definitely so um just to specifically first talk about skin types right so um in a very broad sense it's you have your dry skin types you have your oily combination and sensitive Yeah. So sensitive could be just purging from any sort of ingredient which you don't know. Rosacea, psoriasis. These are all common sort of eczema. These are all very common sort of sensitive skin type problems that you could have. Mm. Um, now let's delve a little bit deeper into 
cultural backgrounds, right? So um, depending upon the race or ethnicity that you have, mm-hmm. uh, the melanin production in the skin changes. So um, white skin, like light skin versus darker skin. Mm-hmm. So light skin people have different issues. So they are more sensitive to photo aging, which means premature aging, fine lines, wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Versus darker skin type, uh, they're more prone to dark spots. Mm. discoloration hyperpigmentation because of higher melanin production mm. so we try to keep everything in mind so my age group goes from uh, for bottom goes from anywhere from about 18 mm. to about 65 so i have tried to include um, different products for different skin um, problems that might happen yeah. while also keeping in mind um, you know if you have a lighter skin type you may be you may suffer from dryness as well as fine lines and wrinkles so we have an anti-aging kit just formulated for that and if you have uh, darker skin types then you definitely have uh, you're more prone to hyperpigmentation mm. so we have an essence a night cream specifically catered to that mm. okay that's interesting and tell me starting up this brand starting up something like that already from what you speak there's so much of research that you've done around this it's not just about figuring out the formulation right what are the kind of other skill sets i'm curious to know that you have had to develop as part of setting this brand up especially in an online world um a good interesting question um so i feel like it this isn't something that i did or learned um, because I was doing this. Mm. I feel like it was a part of growing up. Um, and if anyone who studied uh, in the US, they know that the majority of what you teach yourself is sort of what stays with you. And that's one of the major things that you do learn yeah. is the power of self-learning. Yeah. So uh, if I had a project, if I wanted to know about something, I would open up Google. I would start, go to the library, get a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just start reading anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just something that I became and I still am. And it's not just about skincare. Any other topic that I even, you know, 1% curious about, I'll just either look up articles, journals, um, start Googling whatever I can find on it and then uh, get a, get my hands on the best book that I can and then just start reading. So I think it all sort of comes from that habit, which I already have. Mm. So for me, reading and researching was actually the fun bit. Mm. Um, it was like, wow, like, oh my God, like, did you know this even happened? Like, did you know you needed to start skincare at the age of 25? And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? So stuff like that, I was um, very happy to learn about. Mm. Like it was not, and I think this is one thing that does happen when you do find your calling or your passion. It doesn't seem like work. It's just like something that you're like, okay, I need hours and hours and hours. I can just continue reading about it. Yeah, very true, very true. And then tell me, as an entrepreneur, what is that one tip or one that... uh, that one hack to you know starting your own brand that you closely hold on to um know your customer i think before i launched i already had a good understanding because 
know your product know your customer i think they are two very important things if you don't know what you're selling or bringing into the market um that's going to be a major challenge for you to focus on at a later stage yeah. and customer is something that you do learn and realize once you're already stepped into the market mm-hmm. but for me because i was already sampling um for friends and family i had collected a lot of customer data around me from different age groups mm-hmm. um already telling me oh i don't have anything for um you know open pores for example and i was like okay let me go back to my drawing board let me figure out what are the best ingredients in the natural space that i can kind of figure out to give you a, a product solely made for open pores so stuff like that so instead of jumping on a trend mm-hmm. uh that oh vitamin c is the best next best thing so all brands are now producing some version of vitamin c yeah uh, for me it was knowing and asking my customers what they wanted mm-hmm. and the ability to formulate Mm-hmm. on my own is something that i actually hold really really closely mm-hmm. so i'm very particular about textures look feel uh, what it does uh, so i go back again and again so it takes me at least about 12 to 18 months to launch new products every single time because i'm just working and working and reworking yeah on a certain version of what i want yeah and that's interesting that you put that much of time because i know it's not easy i know that not every entrepreneur is willing to give that much of time to a formulation normally people are in the rush of let me launch this and let me not you know so it it takes right. it's a lot out of you i'm sure to kind of hold the patience and say no i want the best product out there yeah i feel like my r&d department gets so tired they're like oh my god again i'm like this has to be reduced just 1% and they're like i said okay make me another sample and send me that and or i'll come yeah. and then it'll be reduced 1% and i'm like isme to kuch bhi nahi kara let's increase this <laughs> <laughs> so i think they are tired and fed up of me but i feel like this is uh, if i can't get this right yeah. if i can't get my product right and if i don't know my customer well enough uh then later on right like these are all values which go on uh, since day one Yeah. So if you have this correct later on as you grow these aren't going to be issues that you kind of have to worry about because yeah, it will be instilled not just in you as the founder but also in your team. Yeah. And you do need to empower team as you grow because I am one person I can't be everywhere. Yeah. Uh so everybody has the same sort of value uh that you do. So yeah. that's just habits from day one if I have him my team is kind of going to learn it from me. yeah yeah major and it's something you echo in fact in my past two podcasts one of uh, them was an inter- interior designer and she said the same thing she said kyc know your customer first because that's what's going to take you and absolutely echo the same thoughts then my next question to you is amangi tell me you're also operating in a market that is largely also driven by conscious gen z and millennial audiences right what are your tips for them to keep in mind when they are choosing the right kind of skincare product what should they look at so, uh, i'm a millennial uh, so uh, for me it would uh, i think we all think alike right like it would our focus is more on minimalism absolutely forward right it's like having the right kind of ingredients um with fewer steps we all want the korean glass skin but we don't want the 11 step routine so right. it's like uh, how do you get the most of having a, a 
three or four step routine in terms of ingredients while mm. not going and overextending yourself you know every single month and uh, going overboard buying all these products and i think for gen z's i i feel like they give me advice i don't give them advice on anything <laughs> they're already so authentic and they are very they're actually now um, making a lot of changes in the in the product market to come especially in the beauty industry we're already seeing changes uh, i was actually reading an article which sort of asked a thousand gen z's you know would you prefer wearing makeup not wearing makeup on a daily basis and one third of them actually sort of came out and said we prefer wearing no makeup wow Yeah. you know for daily wear what we want is uh, so i think that's sort of brought about you know your light moisturizer with spf that little tint yeah. so you want that yeah so it's like either no makeup at all or i'll do that yeah so their focus is gone away from like your full coverage foundations to little minimal coverage um, so that's something sort of to learn from because that means the focus does come on skincare Yes. So if you're focusing on skincare, and they, I think they're all talking about how the brand has to be a lot more transparent, uh, and I think that's one thing that I truly advocate. Um, so whatever videos I try to do to you know connect to my customers, I do tell them when you know talk about clean ingredients, mm. don't take the brand's word. Mm. Research the ingredients. You know we're all required by the FDA by law to. give all the ingredients on our bottles so go read it see if it's working for you is it not working for you if it's not find ingredients find a brand according to the ingredients that do work for you what is that one step in a skincare routine that you think is very important oh gosh <laughs> i don't even remember the one i mean um i it's like choosing my favorite parent <laughs> i don't think i can do that <laughs> one would get upset if i chose the other um but i think it's like if you don't wash your face right you have to wash your face so you do need that perfect face wash and like if you don't apply a moisturizer then how are you going to get the hydration i would say ditch the serum right so if i had to pick and choose i would pick face wash moisturizer and spf yeah yeah those are very important indeed yeah. my last question to you is tell me how does bottle fit into that scheme of things what are the top 3 products that people must first go ahead and try with bottle um my actually number one best seller is the neck cream so anyone suffering from uh, collagen or a loss of uh, you know just skin is sort of sagging or you're starting to see a five little fine lines mm. get your hands on the neck cream it's brilliant okay. um my mom used that straight up for like 6 months and i can't even tell you uh the difference that i've seen just like at home wow. um okay just on her. um yeah. so it's 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 really really nice to see that right in front of your eyes yeah. so neck cream is definitely my number one and it's completely fragrance free Okay. Uh, so definitely up for the neck cream. I think the second product that I really um, talk about is the night cream. Okay. It's called Wings, um, and it's got bakuchiyo extract in it. Mm. So it's a lightweight moisturizer. So again, fragrance free. So I recommend these two products a hundred percent. 
I'm also launching in the next uh, two weeks okay. three new products. I'm launching two new face washers. Okay. A moisturizer with uh, mineral sunscreen. That's lovely. Okay. And is yeah, so that will definitely be something else to try. So a gel face wash for oily skin types, a dry a cream face wash. That's something very new. It's actually a cream, but yeah. it's a face wash. Yeah. So if you have dry skin, that's something that um, would be a very good addition. Yeah. And are these all available for people? Uh, do you offer global shipping or is it just in India? How's it? So as of right now, I do have a website uh, for global shipping as well. It's called Distacart. Um, okay. We sell via them also up, um, all over globally. Um, okay. Within India, I have my website. I'm also on Nika, Amazon and Flipkart. That's lovely. Then I am going to recommend listeners to definitely try it out. And thank you so much for sharing your story behind it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.